welcome to our office. Hey, welcome to our office. Hey, thanks so much for coming to Office Hours today. Thank you. Um, welcome, we're professors. We share an office um, for tenure reasons. Uh, we Whoa! There have been budget cuts and we have to share this tenure, but that's okay. Yeah, um, okay. There's no one I'd rather share it with. <laughs> that's beautiful. This is beautiful. This is You've great. really crafted a world. Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome back to Honey, This Podcast Isn't Big Enough. For the two of us, and supposedly this office as well. Um, <laughs> my name's Marin. My name's EJ. Um, We're back. After a very a prolonged break. An accidental prolonged it's break. It's an accidental prolonged break. I would like to formally apologize for the prolonged break. Don't apologize. I um, am, I've been sick. I've been so sick. I got the flu, and then it was Christmas, and then I got COVID, and then I got a mysterious third illness last week when we wanted to record, so... Yeah, we don't know what's going on. I'm sick. <laughs> in EJ's poor little body. Yeah, but um, hey, we're, we're dealing with it. Um, we are. Here's to not getting sick anymore. Yeah. How many wooden surfaces can I knock in this room? They're truly so, reaching around the room, knocking all the wooden surfaces. warm poster, yeah. So yeah, I'll be coughing throughout the episode. Um, Hot. Just to add a little bit of spice and flavor. Mmm, <laughs> love. Yeah, that's what I usually say. I'm like, somebody <laughs> cough in here exactly. for some There's spice and enough. flavor. Um... Yeah, how else, what else, how else have you been? When was the last episode? Like, November? Like, November. Sorry, guys. Hey. Jesus. We're, we're busy, guys. We we do a lot. I say that, and then I can't think of anything that yeah, I've I know, right? be sick. <laughs> we've been hanging out, Whoa. we've been being friends. <laughs> hanging out, being friends? Um, being friends, even? Mm-hmm. Playing D&D. Playing D&D? Hey, we're playing D&D. Yes. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Um, yeah, we have a long-standing D&D group that's, like, two and a half. We, st- we started in, like, March... Literally March 2020, and EJ recently joined. The- hey, it's really fun. It's been really fun. I'm having a very good time. <laughs> yeah, so we're playing D&D. Yeah. Um, and being sick, essentially. Being sick. Oh boy, it's the doldrums. It's the doldrums. It's we're in the doldrums. What does that mean? It's just gloomy. You oh, know? Yes. We're just in winter town. Oh, hey, it's winter, and it snows a lot here. It does. It hasn't snowed very much, so. You've gotten pretty, but we did have, yeah, we had two storms. We have like a foot of snow on the ground right now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. For a, for a sweet little Texan. <laughs> it's definitely a lot. Kind of a bit. I yeah. Think. It is a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here we are now. Here we are now. Ready to. We're back at ready it. To pitch you, ready to pitch you some, mm-hmm. some bullshit. Mary, what's this episode about? Well, first. Oh. First. We've got something before that. We have something before oh, that. Oh, yeah. We had a concept. We have gotten, like, a few emails at our account about, yeah. like, people who wanted to be interviewed on the podcast. Which, or, like, first of all, thank you so much for reaching so out. So cool. I'm sorry we have not emailed you back it's yet. It's overwhelming. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. We feel, we get immediately overwhelmed when we see a long email. Mm-hmm. Um, so, love that you've reached out. We will try to email back to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get, like, messages on Tumblr. Right. Asks and stuff. Right. Um seeing people's enthusiasm is so cool um it's rad it's super rad yeah and we wanted to like have a more um like organized way to get other people's voices on the pod because we think people have a lot of input to give and we would love to put your input on here yeah so what are we gonna do we send us send us your thoughts yeah (laughs) (laughs) is basically what we're asking Mm -hmm. which like some of y'all have been doing anyway but like if you have a question you want us to discuss some kind of theory you want us to talk about just any kind of engagement you would like us to have send if you want to fight us on something um you want to get a little you want to get a little controversial whatever do it do it send it to us yes you can dm it you can Mm -hmm. on instagram or tumblr is the best way to do it you can email us keep it to like 200 words probably yeah if you send us something to um and and let us know that you want it to be something um that we share on the podcast we'll read it out um we'll discuss it and we'll give you credit yeah for for sharing it for sure so um yeah if you have thoughts just like 200 words though because yeah. um we do want to keep it kind of limited yeah but um we're really excited about your guys's thoughts and uh like investment in this this yeah. project which also, is so like, cool yeah it's been really cool to just like every time we post something i always scroll through the tags on tumblr to see what people are saying and people always have really interesting thoughts and stuff so like mm-hmm. Anything you'd usually put in a little Tumblr tag, shove it into our inbox yeah. instead. You know what? You can still put it in Tumblr tags yeah. and just say, hey, can you read this next time? Yeah. And we will. <laughs> and we will. We'll do it. No, we'll yeah, do it. We will. Absolutely. We check it out. Yeah, yeah, so it can be about anything. It can be little things. It can be song-specific things. It can be music video-specific things. Mm-hmm. It can be anything. Follow-up questions follow to previous questions, episodes. Yeah. Anything that we've covered before, anything you'd like for us to cover in the future. Mm-hmm. Truly anything. Yeah. Send our way and mm-hmm. we'll be down to engage with you about it. We'll talk about it. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
excellent. Great, we're excited, so yeah. And we also, to say at the top of the hour, we're trying to do this more frequently, as in bi-weekly, every other week. Yeah. Um, and sh that should be as long as everyone stays healthy and, and life doesn't get in the way. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to have an episode out every two weeks or so for the foreseeable two-week periods. Mm -hmm. We have at least five or six episodes planned after yeah. this. We should be more regular. Yeah. And forward. it's been a delay getting this one out because I've been sick, but also because, because it's a beast. Because we're a little scared of this episode, we're scared everybody. Of this episode. This one makes us scared. We're afraid of it. <laughs> we're afraid of it. And I don't know why. Yeah. We just need to do it. Yeah. It's woo woo theory, it's so everybody. Woo -woo. Yeah. I'm I'm just afraid Matt Watson's gonna listen to this. One we have, we have, yeah, I know. We have a professor in college who really, really knows affect mm -hmm. and who taught both of our affect classes. Mm -hmm. He sure knows what he's talking about, and we are pretending we know what we're talking about. We have like the you know baseline like, the, it's like as a pyramid goes yeah we've got the first third of that pyramid i yes. would say yeah but matt watson has like four pyramids yeah four he's got a lot pyramids. of them. yeah <laughs> they're stacked on top, of each, <laughs> on top other. of each other it's amazing he's collecting them i don't know what's going it's on it's crazy i don't know yeah. how he does it yeah so don't if you're matthew watson if you're matthew watson not <laughs> he's a published author okay, i mean if you're matthew watson please turn this off now turn this off now or We're listen to it you. and send us a message and oh. we'll feature you if you want to be on our podcast matthew watson come, cool. come <laughs> be on the podcast get on the pod get on the pod get on the Matt. line get on the pod yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> great um well, so what are we talking about? Yes. So um, this week we're going to talk about affect yep. and affect theory. Yeah. And we're going to connect it to our experience um, going to a whole bunch of MCR shows. Yeah. I think we wanted to talk about like live music in general. Um, yeah. And then also just what affect, what thinking about affect and connection to MCR opens up. So we had had a conversation about this, I think previously, but like, you know, affect is not an MCR specific thing. A lot of the things we talk about, like have real relevance and like, are like, wow, this is a really unique thing that MCR does. You know, I don't think MCR has anything necessarily unique to say about affect, but is something that like the connection that people have through what affect is doing in like the spaces that we're going to talk about, like being online or being at shows or things like that is really valuable and present when you have experienced these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that people who are really into, like, K-pop probably are experiencing the same thing. People who are seeing Harry Styles mm -hmm. are seeing are experiencing the same thing every time, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyone who's really, really, really just, like, experiencing kind of something visceral, I think, mm -hmm. it would understand this. Yeah. You know? I think it's something you can also experience, like, at any live show. Like, it doesn't have to be... Any live show. Someone totally. huge. Like, right, it doesn't. a pit for a small... Um, Absolutely. Show also has this going on. Right. Maybe not at the same scale that it happens right. for others, but it's there. And yeah, it might be a different affect, but there's an affect. There's an affect. Yeah. So before we go any further, yeah. I think we should say just generally, just <laughs> surface level 101, what's affect? What a great question. Yeah. Here's the thing this is one of the only theoretical frameworks um, where people will be like, just basic level, what's affect? And I would have to go, um. Yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? I run out of the room. <laughs> right, I run out of the room. Yeah. I say, I don't want to explain that. Yeah. But before this, my lovely partner did a really great little rundown, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll try to cover that. Let's use their words. Let's use their and, words. Uh, kind of just touch on what, what does affect do? So Liv said. Yeah. Well, thank you, Olivia. Um, affect is like a haunted house. It is an experience of presence. It's a kind of feeling. Um, feeling really is a word that's closely connected to affect of another presence or an intensity that kind of shakes you up and you can't quite put words to it, but that like displaces you a little bit or sways you one way or another. Yeah. Um, and it isn't so well-defined um, as other like experiences or human interactions. Yeah, yeah. Did I get close? Yes, you did. <laughs> no, that's what I think too. I mean, the, what they said initially was ghosts. And I was like, what? And they were like, affect is ghosts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know when you're in a haunted house and you walk in and something's in the air? Yes. Something's yes. in the air, yes. but you don't know what it is and you can't like define it necessarily. It's that. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of the authors who we've, we'll be quoting or talking about a little bit, I mean, or referencing at least, <laughs> maybe referencing Lauren Berlant, like talks about hauntedness, about how like 
every home is haunted and how like there's like this hauntedness in interactions that people are having, right? It's an energy also, mm -hmm. right? It's a feeling, it's an energy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of spiritual solely, yeah. which is why it gets kind of woo woo because yeah. sometimes you're like, is this just like someone who's like really into yoga? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe, yeah. you know? And I think it, it gets so woo woo because it's not something you can like hold in your hands or right. point to or like scientifically define. Mm -hmm. People have tried, there's like neuroscience about feeling and shared um like biochemical kind mm -hmm. of exchanges between people where people have tried to tie down very similar experiences in more traditional scientific language yeah. but affect theory really um is something that's more around humanities and social sciences to describe those kinds of connections yeah between people that yeah. are very fleeting right it, I, it's the soul it's the soul to the body, I guess. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, like like when people are like, when someone is dead, it's just a body and there's mm. no soul in it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's the soul to the body. Right. It's the, which like, that's kind of woo woo for some people, right? Uh -huh. Some people are like, those are neuro those are synapses firing. That's a neurochemical reaction. Yeah. And then some people are like, that's a soul. It's like that kind of, it gets a little woo woo in that Totally. Yeah. 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 Another thing that kind of envelops affect for me katie stewart who we may or may not talk about mm -hmm. later mm -hmm. writes about like the feeling of uh walking into like a bar or a restaurant and being overwhelmed with like the sense that something has happened there yeah i love that but not knowing what that thing is there's something in the air that grabs you or moves you in some particular way just with the energy that's in a room right that, that that's the way that i think about affect yeah um that's a quick proximity proximity yeah, yeah. and just like the way that's energetic or electric yeah, yeah. totally i think that's great i think that's great i, I think that's, that's affect <laughs> we did it <laughs> matt no need to write in we got this we don't worry about we it we actually got it and everything's fine everything's fine we well we literally have like been panicking about this for oh weeks so we that's so, perfect. So that's what do you want, where do you want to go from there? Um, I would love to talk about collective effervescence. Let's do it. So collective effervescence, I want to talk about this specifically in relation to what Emil Durkheim says about collective effervescence. So who's Emil Durkheim? Um, he's a guy <laughs> that your sociology professor makes you read in the first semester. And that's so true. <laughs> so And then you never think about him ever and again. You never think about him ever again. You have yeah. to buy like a huge book yeah. on the elementary forms of religious life. Um, and it's painful, mm -hmm. but, uh, actually it's kind of interesting when you yeah. revisit it as an adult who's yeah. out of grad school. <laughs> yeah. What Emil Durkheim has to say about collective effervescence, he's talking about religion. That's kind of his big thing. And he's talking about the way that religion organizes a society and allows people to like use similar symbols and rituals to communicate with each other and to form meaning. Mm. Um, and what collective effervescence has to do with that is when people get together in a space and do something together there's this force um or feeling or i think he uses the word electricity mm -hmm. that is shared between them comes up out of their bodies transcends the individual and connects them together mm -hmm. um yeah and connects them to a feeling of something beyond themselves right so um participation in those rituals or participation in any kind of community activity in that way allows that society to again and again connect people together and form those communities. Right. So that can just be something like cooking a meal and sharing it together. Right. Or, or having um, a uh, just like repeated activities like that where mm -hmm. everyone's together. Repeated activities specifically is, yeah. really, is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The way that that connects to religion yeah. is religion is that sense of something outside of oneself. Yeah. So Durkheim is using that to say... Religion isn't necessarily, like, the existence of a god, like, mm -hmm. inherently, that that is a truth in the world, but it's people who make that. Yeah. Um, and people who make it meaningful. That's really interesting, because I've seen a lot of, recently on, like, TikTok, like, I've seen a lot of people talking about how they were, like, like ex-Mormons or ex-religious like whatever, and how they would feel God in church. And then they realized that was just how they went to a concert for the first time. And then they realized that it was just how they felt when, like, music played. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, when they were experiencing music in a room with other people. Absolutely. And how they were like, oh, like, that's God. Like, maybe I just feel that way. And, like, you know, maybe it is God. Mm -hmm. Whatever. People mm -hmm. can experience this in whatever way they want. But, like, that feeling. Yeah. Is that's collective effervescence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 100%. It's that connection yeah. to something bigger yeah. that can come from a million different forces. And... 
it's meaningful when you do it again and again and again, mm-hmm. especially with the same people again and again and again. Yeah. So Durkheim also talks about something that comes out of that as totemism. Mm. So that's when people feel the same feeling and connect to this electricity that's very transcendent, sometimes it will coalesce into an object or mm, coalesce uh-huh. into just something like a like like an animal or a plant or any kind of object. Um that they represent that feeling onto, that it comes from that thing. Yeah. A symbol. Is what the, yeah. yeah, a symbol. Yeah. And that allows people to to use that thing. Yeah. Uh, so the object receives that force, the collective force, mm-hmm. and is infused with the power of the community. Is yeah. What you yeah. Wrote. Then the, the kind of foundational Durkheim line that comes out of this is religion is society worshiping itself. Which is beautiful it's beautiful it's beautiful it's so cool it's this kind of cyclical thing that it 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 feeds back to itself yeah um that energy yeah so yeah a totem can also be like a god or uh, an understanding of this item right that is so important but that was made yeah it's perhaps socially constructed (laughs) Uh (laughs) through that um shared bodily experience for Durkheim this this like bodiliness and being immediately present is very important but that's where that kind of energy is shared yeah um it's not something that like one person does for themselves. It's right. necessarily so. It's collective. not re- interesting. Yeah. So it's not like because we've talked previously about like religious ecstasy, right? Mm-hmm. Where like saints are like, I am experiencing an ecstasy, and I individually am connected to God. Yeah. So that is not. Mm. That's not. Is that affect? Would you consider that affect? Maybe. I know, right? I'm not. I would not close myself off to. I know. Um, because we're not closing anything off in this episode, baby. That's an individual's experience to something that they have like gained socially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that saint and their um, importance to the church is yeah. something that's um, learned over and over again and is reified by right continual you don't worship a saint you you honor a saint sure is that true i'm not religious enough to know that (laughs) but um yeah honoring that saint uh, that would produce similarly that kind of ecstasy i think that is that is still communal i guess it is in the way that like i guess the church keeps the same religious ideas and religious totems and items and objects alive Mm. and meaningful that's really interesting. Yeah. Go. You oh, thought. I had an idea, which Great. is very similar to Liv's idea of the haunted house. Yeah. Right. That you're you're living with the ideas and the things that were made meaningful through the bodily connections of people thousands of years ago. Right. No, that's really that. I I think you're right. You're right. I think that that's still affect. I think I think it is because I don't know. I'm thinking about like a haunted house, but also specifically an abandoned house. Like people who just like whatever go into like abandoned homes and like look at stuff that's in there, whatever. Mm-hmm. The way that you go into that house and there's a specific feeling that you like, like where you're like people like lived lives here, and you feel that there's like something mm-hmm. like and no one else is there necessarily, but like if you just by yourself was there, like you would still experience that. It's still collective, even if you are experiencing it alone yeah because like and i think that that can tie into like experiences of art and stuff too where Mm -hmm. it's like there's a weight to like looking at a painting that you know many other people have looked at before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like have experienced emotions in front of right you know and that your unique and personal experience of that is now tied joins yeah right is now tied like inherently to everybody's unique and personal experience of those things yeah yeah like, yeah. which is so, so That's cool. amazing. And then yeah. it, that's how it transcends the individual. Right. That's so hot. That's so hot. <laughs> so hot. And, like, that is still bodily even when it's the individual, right? It's the individual's body that's right. participating in right. that. Right. I think that's so important when framing this tour in yeah. particularly, where we have, as fans, yeah. have all been apart for so long. And it rebonds a group of people who may or may not have gotten to see the band live um, pre-breakup. Right. You and I are on different sides of that coin, are, right? yeah. And it also bonds, like, new fans mm-hmm. into the group. People who may have become fans in 2013 or in 2020, right? Right. All of those people are brought back into this group by their participation. Right. Either online or in person. Yeah. In 
the experience of these shows. Yeah. And that's a kind of ritual. Yeah. Um, and what's our ritual object? My chemical romance. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, the figure of Gerard Way on stage. Yeah. Listen, are we saying that that's a, a religion? A god. Um, oh, oh, sorry. A what? A god? <laughs> Uh, maybe <laughs> kind of i mean like if we look at it through that durkheim lens yeah it's the same thing i mean it it doesn't have to be a world religion to have religious quality fellas are we experiencing religious ecstasy in the pit i am i don't know I, about you if, if you're doing it right <laughs> if you're doing it right you are <laughs> Devil Lover's Barricade yes absolutely yes absolutely. i left i left my body i've said this before yeah I left my body and transcended it. And transcended. Yeah. And that's exactly what we've just described. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think I think that is as a group, solidifying a group across time. Yeah. There's something really interesting. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this briefly before the episode about like, and I don't know if this is anything. I don't know if I actually have anything. About, <laughs> go, go, affect, go. about just about affect in time. About how like, you know, people will talk about like, you can be angry about something in a moment and also be angry about that same thing for like you can have a decades long feud you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah like you know mm-hmm. and they're both like encompassed within affect like, yeah just like I don't know just the concept of like waiting as like a form of affect also anticipation anticipation sure it, well is it desire yeah right yeah right yeah it is yeah I also think of time in the way like when you walk into a place where you haven't been in a long time the way that you like if you're like, oh, it shocks. Boy. Yeah. Have you ever like been back to your high school? Yeah, horrific. Horrible. <laughs> like, like you're like, oh fuck, I felt a certain way here. Like, yeah. this is so loaded with like right. experience and feeling that I felt so long ago. I thought I forgot about it. It shouldn't yeah. matter to me anymore. But now I'm here and I'm shaken up. And yeah. Weird. I'm wiggly now. I'm wiggly now. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Nothing works the same way. <laughs> right. Like, Which I think speaks to the haunting again, that that presence, it stays. Whether yeah. you, you have no control over that. Yeah. It's just No, there. absolutely. But th- yeah. but the point is, yeah. affect like or feeling across time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's very few like theories that are like applicable to like the process of something happening across time forever, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. ad infinitum, like into forever. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think what we're describing is like the difference between linear time and other time. Yeah. Because Ooh, we assume let's talk about that. Yeah, we assume time is linear, right? Like that's the way that we experience yeah. time usually, but when you step back into your high school, like you teleport, you time travel. Um, me coming back to my parents' house and living in my parents' home during the pandemic, I was like, am I 15 again? Yeah. I feel 15 again. Totally. Yeah. And you get, like, you've made all this progress, but suddenly you're a person that you used to be. Yeah, and maybe you're, like, all of these people at once. Yeah, you have to be, oh, fuck. (laughs) Right. You have to be multiple people at the same time. Like, maybe you're just all of these people at the same time all the time in your life. Something, something, the body keeps this knows the what is it body keeps the score the body keeps the score i'm not read i mean either something like but like the idea of that right mm-hmm. but like it's woo woo so affect does weird things but to wacky. time yeah it does it makes you do that's time like, different that's actually totally true yeah. affect does make you do time different mm-hmm. because nothing is linear in affect really yeah yeah that's why like the haunted house like has meaning mm-hmm. right it makes me think perhaps about immortality um and affect is a form of living forever um right. whether you'd like to or not Right. Uh, a, a form of being kept alive. Um, your high school self being kept alive. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. While like, you experience, you move on, you, you do more things. Yeah, yeah that's spooky. That's Some spooky. version of yourself is living with someone forever. And you have no control over that. Mm-hmm. Over what version of yourself is living with somebody forever. Unless you, like, disrupt that, but, like... But still, but yeah. Still, how do you, how do you still, disrupt that? Yeah, still. Glad we got to that. I know, wow. How do you feel about that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> how is that, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> we say as if we were accusing him. That's just the phone's name at this point. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. Don't worry about um, it. Don't worry about it. I don't know. We've described really negative things with time, but it also does really glorious things It makes with me time. think... Okay, it's making me think of how... With MCR. People will be like, I love Revenge MCR. And you're like, I'm sticking myself in 2004. And this mm-hmm. is how I am experiencing the band. I'm experiencing this band in 2004. You know? Mm-hmm. And how all versions of Gerard Way... <laughs> Exist at the same time. Holy shit, you're right? so right. And like the band is very aware of that, as we like, saw so, like, they know. when we were right. at the festival with the, the 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 old revenge makeup. Yeah. 
Um, right. That that's the tension of being kept alive right. by so many people in that way. Yeah. And not being allowed to change change or progress or yeah. do anything new. Right. Immortality is perhaps a curse. Immortality. I mean, I guess this is why we have the vampire as a figure, as oh, a yeah. horrifying figure, yeah. right? I mean, we love to talk about the vampire as sexy and hot and gay, mm-hmm. which is also true. Yes. But also there's a reason why it's a horror figure and it's mm-hmm. because you're being, you can't, like, there's something terrifying about never being able to age or like leave. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. never being able to leave a thing, never yeah. being able to change, never being able to like, I don't know, be removed from a certain context that you are currently in. You know what I'm saying? I need you to watch Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> it's so good. It's, I want to talk about it right now, but I don't want to spoil it for you. I mean, I think I, is it the TV show? Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. watched the TV no, it'll, show. Yeah, it'll spoil the TV show. I yeah. love a gay, I do know, all I know about it is that in the first episode there is vampire gay sex and that is already up down. It's amazing. Well, it also has really good like commentary about. Like, <laughs> you're like you're like there's great commentary. I'm like there's vampire gay sex. <laughs> oh. There's vampire gay sex. It's great. Um, but it, it's exactly what you're describing. Like the without spoiling anything, one of yeah, the, no, the great. characters is like he has to. He's going back to the interview that he gave previously right. and revising it yeah, and yeah. saying, "No, this is what actually happened. This is how I'm thinking about it now that I'm older." Yeah. Um. And how do you take someone's testimony from a long time ago and rewrite on top of it? How much has actually changed? How much can we actually be trusted? Well, because he does experience new things. Um, no, that's yeah. really interesting. That also weirdly just makes me think about like interviewing in general and like taking like the ethnography. Thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ethnography, but yeah, just in general, like mm-hmm. the act of interviewing someone after the fact, especially for like a traumatic experience. If you interview five people, they will have five different instances of the story down to like, com- like totally different like details and things they remembered. They'll remember different numbers of things. They'll remember, you know, memory is like finicky and mm-hmm. weird and mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Yeah. And it like, it, it, it grabs an event in a way that, mm, can't be universally true. Right. You know, like there's no universally true singular experience of anything. Because of it's anything. experienced through all of these different bodies. Right. So, so affect is inherently collective and also inherently individual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That it, 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 I don't know. The way that affect theory usually works is to talk about the collective parts of it, but it's also very fragmented. Yeah. Um, there's so much contingency that it's impossible to, like, let that singular experience coalesce into any kind of, like, true event. I right. Guess. Yeah. Which I think is why it often reads as so woo-woo, because you're like, this is all just totally... You're talking about every single person doing a thing differently. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, like, how can we trust the, right. that my experience is connected to this experience at all? Because I'm not in anyone else's body. Right. So affect is magic. Um, and <laughs> so basically, baseline, we're doing it. Affect is magic. Yeah, yeah. and we're doing it. We're both. We're both, <laughs> we're both wiggling our fingers, just a little. Like we're little mad scientists, wizards shooting bolts out of our fingers, exactly kind of, like that. Yeah, imagine both, that. Like tiny. Imagine that, bolts, though. Yeah, like little. The littlest ones. Yeah. yeah. Little water break. Little water break. Little water beer break. Little beer break. Little beer break. So maybe we can talk about like what was at what. Was affect like at these shows? Yeah. What it what is what is affect in the pit? That's actually a great idea because yeah. like that's the thing is like everybody obviously is experiencing affect in different ways, but like also like I don't know for me when I'm thinking of like collective effervescence in terms of the MCR pit, mm-hmm. I'm envisioning a specific moment or several specific moments, and like for me in my head it's like okay like we both had moments where we. I hadn't cried the entire time and you hadn't cried like the entire time we were whatever on tour, which is crazy. Like we hadn't cried for like four shows or something. We were on tour. I know. (laughs) We hadn't cried for like four shows or something. And then at like one specific show, whenever, I think it was for, for both of us, it was for Welcome to the Black Parade, right? Mm -hmm. Where they like, and famous last and words. famous last words. I I mean, famous last words bridge, right? Yeah. Where like you look around you and like, especially, especially like if you're in, like the pit where you're in the center of all of it, like right up near the stage, it's like, holy shit, like looking around at everybody and watching everybody having an experience at the same time as you is like, yeah, it's like nothing else. It's like nothing else. Mm-hmm. Or for me also, the thing that really has come to define affect on the MCR pit for me is hearing the first notes of Demo Lovers and everybody losing their collective shit mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like, Collective effervescence. Everybody 
from like two notes yeah is all of a sudden at this like heightened like understanding that this is like a magical thing that has not happened for so for decades like this is a thing that hasn't happened for decades and everybody is experiencing that like that impact at the same time because everybody like has that understanding that this thing hasn't happened across like a long period of time yeah I'm gonna cry. I know, it's <laughs> Just a little bit, just a little cheery, because I think, like, that's the same thing that Durkheim's describing. Yeah, no, it is. Is bringing everybody back together. Yeah. In this, like, this, it, we haven't had this for forever, and yeah. now here we are. Right. And uh, it's just also, like, the feeling of impossibility. Yeah. Like, but also, How like, is this happening? How is this happening? It's real, yeah. I'm here, it is happening, we are all stunned. And then, good thing Demo Lovers is such a long song because you get to go <laughs> through that. Because all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back in my body. Yeah. <laughs> There's also something to be said about, like, the anticipation. I was going to say, like, so to quote one of the authors who we mentioned before, Sarah mm-hmm. Lorembalan, affect is a bodily felt intensity, the feeling of having a feeling, a potential that emerges in the gap between movement and rest. And so, like, like for, yeah, like, the affect of they're coming out on stage, like, for the, for the encore. Mm-hmm. And, like, what is it going to be? Yeah. That moment, this, the second before something happens yeah. is, like, infused with affect. Yeah. Like, everybody's, like, there's that's, buzzing. It's buzzing. That's yeah. the potential. I right. love the word potential here. Like, that something is going to happen. Anything can happen. Here it comes. What's right. it going to be? Right. That's also amazing to think about with the set list being different every night. Right. And with these little surprises coming out all yeah. the time. Like something's coming. What's right. it going to be? What's Gerard going to be wearing? <laughs> yeah. What is, the, what's the set list tonight? What are they going to put in there? Like it, it could be anything. And I am so thrilled to be yeah. part of it. There's that. And then there's also the anticipation of queuing all day. <laughs> yeah. Of queuing and queuing and waiting and waiting and meeting people and like being part of that on that level. Um, and then I'm also thinking about the 30 minutes before the Minneapolis show, before they opened the gates. Um, I have never experienced distress like that. (laughs) Um, Everyone, like, bodily pushing together. Yeah. Sardines, wall to wall. Yeah. That kind of anticipation of, like, are we going to get barricade? Yeah. That's its own thing. Um, At the end, we're all part of it, you know? Energy, that's another, like, it is potential i think yeah i know yeah the idea of potential of like the feeling you have before you are experiencing a certain other feeling Mm -hmm. is really something there Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh and how that's also a feeling i don't know i often think that we just think of that as like whatever anticipation which is anxiety is an emotion anxiety yeah (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. right i know which i experience all the time i'm like something's about to happen right (laughs) and it never does whatever Mm -hmm. But, like, how that is defined as, like, a very specific collective yeah. bodily experience in a pit, specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel like often a lot of that potential, that feeling of potential is pretty singular outside of a, an experience of, like, live music or something. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another instance other than, like, some kind of, like, sporting event or something like that where that feeling of, well, that, where that feeling of potential is so prolonged you know, that feeling of like, like waiting for a thing or like constantly being on the brink of something is prolonged like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, maybe that's just a conversation. But like, it feels like specifically in terms of like a collective potential. It's a build. That, yeah. yeah, that like build and potential is so unique to like live music or sporting events or things like that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Totems or um, like sacred objects. Yeah. I'm thinking about that in relation to outfits yeah like those become so meaningful because they are anticipated in that way and because they are like the 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 subject of so much energy and excitement and enthusiasm sorry the cheerleader dress is a religious object sorry 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 to say it but it is (laughs) you guys will hate to hear this but unfortunately bad news gang (laughs) um so that was i think that's a bodily experience that's something experienced at a particular level from being there in person from being at the barricade from being smashed into <laughs> yeah um and I, I mean like that's also something you'll feel at like a small bar show anyway. oh sure um right especially if you're getting kicked around in a pit like yeah. that 
enthusiasm. So like you experience collective effervescence in those spaces, but we also experienced not being at a lot of these shows yeah, and having to know what was happening online. And a lot of those feelings feel the same. Yeah. It, it, it returns to you in a way if you're watching a live stream and hearing the buzzing and waiting. Like, yeah. what, what are they going to be wearing tonight? Yeah. Um, what are they going to play tonight? Um, yeah. And losing your mind when it's something that's exciting. And yeah, I think we have more to say about like what online affect looks like. Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing is a lot of a lot of affect is talked about as being bodily in relation to other bodies, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, specifically like, yeah, since the pandemic and then also just like with this tour, like the amount of like truly unprecedented, like following along in terms of like the things that social media has like made possible for people to like see, like whatever, having live streams and stuff. I feel like MCR has never toured in a moment where there is that kind of social media Mm. so you always were experiencing things after the fact if you were a fan during danger days tour days or before whatever like you would see a youtube video where you'd hear through somebody what happened Mm -hmm. after the fact so like being able to experience things at the same time as like people in the crowd it like puts you in that same like you're experiencing the same collective emotion yeah. that other people are experiencing. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. That, that like the technology that we have yeah. allows for us to experience it different now than we would in 2013 or than we would in 2007. Or right. That anyone could in 2003. Right. Like right. those are all such different eras for technology. Yeah. Even though they're like temporally so close together yeah. um that it allows us to do so many different things with fandom but also like the mcr fandom has been online forever totally it's a big part of internet community and i think people have always shared a kind of enthusiasm and connection yeah. to the band online no absolutely like when you join a fan community and you learn the lore we both have been like part of fan spaces in the past year where like new characters have been created or like, for example, like Our Flag Means Death, where it's like you watch like fan understandings of characters like being created in real time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like watching how like fan fan lore becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like not necessarily specifically what happens with MCR, but like also is like mm-hmm. there is a lore behind MCR. And like a lot of that is like real things that happened, but a lot of that is also just like knowledge of like like in jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like things that you can't that you have to know through knowing other people. Even like whatever, digitally. Yeah, yeah. And that that kind of that that gets written as a I don't know, enduring kind of presence. Yeah. Especially like, I don't know, you revisit an old post from like 2013 yeah. that ends up still hitting you yeah. in the present day, yeah. 10 years later, fuck. What the hell? But it's still like, I, I don't know, a Tumblr post is a haunting. Call me out. <laughs> a Tumblr post? Tumblr's, I was going to say. That's a I ghost. Was, I know, I was going to say, are all our phones haunted? Yeah. Gerard Way. Gerard Way. <laughs> in the room. But Gerard right in. <laughs> Gerard right in. <laughs> are all our phones haunted? Yeah. Yeah. The, inter- the internet specifically is haunted. The internet as an affective space, I feel like maybe has not been talked, written about a lot. Just yeah, because like, it's not bodily. So new. Yeah. Well, it's because it's not bodily because the internet is so new and it's changing so much. And mm-hmm. like specifically with like different social media and stuff like that, like TikTok, like what is the affect of TikTok versus the affect of like Tumblr versus the affect of Twitter? Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people talk about them differently. Mm-hmm. And the bodily experience of being on those different websites differently, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and like... What's the difference between a haunted space and an archive? I mm. think is a question I don't know if I can even get into right now. But like, that's... Is there a difference? Is there a difference? I think haunting is... Mm. Is it a square rectangle situation? What does that mean to you? Every archive is, an, is a haunted space. Not every haunted space is an archive. Definitely. Because it doesn't necessarily have material around it. Right. Um, it may have material that's generated out of it, but... It also might just be the way that you feel when you walk into your high school. Or like, I don't know, in terms of like the internet, it's like there are internet archives, Mm -hmm. right? But then also you experience an affect. You experience a haunting when you look at a photo of a pride parade from Mm -hmm. 1960 something. Mm -hmm. You are experiencing something there. Totally. Right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily like an archive, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, it's, or like it's the you way see that you... a specific type. You hear an AOL login sound. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you experience a bodily feeling from that. Yeah, it has to be experienced. This is phenomenology. 
What we're talking about is phenomenology. <laughs> we made it. We made it to phenomenology. And if so, I could remember yeah. my Sarah Ahmed, then we'd have a little bit more foundation here. Yeah. But it has to be, it has to be touched. It has to be something that you like come into contact with and something is generated from that energetically, kinetically, that when an archive just sitting by itself mm-hmm. is not effective, mm-hmm. it has to be dug through in order for affect to come out. Right, because otherwise that's just like paper on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to underscore that, like, I, I think what MCR, like our experience of MCR, both in person and online, underscores that affect doesn't necessarily have to be immediate connections between bodies right it can do that but it's also i think experience and enthusiasm that can be shared in a written form yeah like i'm i think about reading people's tumblr posts about the cheerleader dress as soon as that happened and being so moved by that and feeling so connected to those people and to those interpretations yeah I didn't need to be sitting next to them to feel that. It was it was shared in a different way. Yeah. And I think that's still effective. And I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think it's made more effective, especially because of the way that we're able to engage with social media, et cetera. Contemporary technology and social media does allow this kind of immediacy. Ca- and immediacy, yeah. And presence of others and right. access to others that we haven't had. Yeah, yeah. Is it an increase in, like, anticipation? I don't know. I, maybe that's not quite it because I feel like... When someone is experiencing affect, whatever, going into an old house, looking at a mountain that they've seen a photo of, Mm. whatever, you are experiencing that potential still, like that kind of like, you're experiencing some kind of hauntedness time through time, right? Of like other people have experienced this before me, at least I I feel that way. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But like, I don't necessarily feel this kind of like immediate kind of anticipation of like what is happening next at all times and i feel like that's something that the internet has really done is like yeah. is created more of this like what is happening next at all times and i want to know exactly what's happening at all the moments and like being able to like know all of these things all the time you know i don't know totally like it's a demand for content yeah where's my stuff it's right. the 20 20- not to 9 11 it but, but here it's, we are 9 11 here it. we are yeah. it's the 9 11 quarter it's the 24-hour <laughs> news cycle yeah what's going on in the world what's happening something's always happening right Nothing's never happening. Right. There's always in some corner of the world something going on, something to attend to, yeah. something to be outraged about, something to care about, something to be yeah. keyed up by. And right. like a lot of contemporary media and social media, like news outlets feed off of that. Well, and they're able to profit because totally. it's easy to stir people up. Yeah, and it's like why cults are becoming more common. Let's call QAnon what it is. It's a cult, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, the term cult gets thrown a lot, around a lot recently and i think that's like sure. whatever iffy yeah. sometimes but i also don't think it's that iffy and maybe if maybe a cult is a cult mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and like the affective space of the internet like just being able to connect and know things at all time or at all times or know more than someone else or know the actual like the truth of what's happening or experience that you are knowing the truth of what's happening over somebody else on such a large scale is like erotic to people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like it's addictive Mm-hmm. Like, the internet is addictive. It is designed to be addictive. And, like, yeah. that affective... It's because of that affect. It, like, they're using that, like, feeling of potential and horror and true... Like, this, like, deeper knowledge mm-hmm. or whatever. And connection. And connection. Yeah. All of those together mm-hmm. to, like... To steer a narrative to steer Yes, yeah. To exploit people. To yeah. profit. To profit. Yeah. To sway elections. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, previously, like, before the internet and stuff, like, I feel like had to have been done on different scales, right? Like, through, like, whatever, mm-hmm. propaganda. Yeah, through propaganda. And also through, like, rallies. Right. And it, not that it, that doesn't happen now. No, of course it doesn't. But yeah. Um, yeah. people would get together and talk about these things rather than experiencing it's them. It's the scale. Yeah, it's the scale. But you can, I mean, I think the internet is a testament to how you can still stir someone up to such a degree Yeah. that they feel connected religiously to something uh yeah i mean whether or not they're feeling it in person not to be like not to get extremely dark now Mm -hmm. but like it's why the majority of people who are committing mass shootings in the united states are fucking you can find their posts on forums Mm -hmm. you can find them on 4chan yeah because that gears them up yeah who? Woo! Well, we got somewhere weird. We got somewhere that. weird, but I think it's good. No, but I think, I think it's, it's good. And I think it's correct. Yeah. Like, just like the way that affect mm-hmm. operates in a space without 
and internet is different. Taking any digital cultures course, like the first thing that you talk about is the fact that like the internet is a physical space. Mm. You are experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Or like... Um, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. And like, I don't know, we read an article called A Rape in Cyberspace about somebody who in like early days of the internet was in some kind of chat forum. And like, you can like make your character do something to someone else or whatever. You can mm-hmm. like, you're engaging with other people and how one of these characters like intentionally violated another character and how is that like how do we engage with that as like this person in real life is feeling violated Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's a bodily felt sensation like so yeah and like just like the way you can do that through non-physical right spaces yeah that it still matters on a physical level yeah yeah for better or for worse for better or for worse right i think we're definitely talking about the worse here but like the for better is how to bring it back to MCR, like, people get to experience the thrill of these shows. Yeah. Even if they can't afford to go to them or if they're not coming yeah. to their country. Like, right. they can still be in that space. Yeah. And, like, feed from it and feed into it. Yeah. So, man, really double-edged sword. It is. Um, <laughs> it is. The internet, a double-edged sword. No one's ever said that no before. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> the internet, the- good and bad? Community, I want to talk about because, like, we live we, we live in a society, <laughs> we live in a society that is so hyper individualistic, yeah, and is interested in like making people want to look out for their own interests and succeed on their own terms. Thank you, like, capitalism. Thank you, capitalism. Hey, you've done this to us, <laughs> but to actually feel connections to others and to participate in spaces with others yeah. is rare. And it is special. And it has not always been that way. Like, we are in late capitalism, which pushes us to a degree where we are so hyper-isolated from one another and we're isolated from our labor and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, to get to be part of something is amazing. (laughs) And not everyone has this. Yeah. Like, not everybody gets to participate in the creation of something this special. It makes me think of, like, like, things that exist outside of capitalism and obviously things, nothing in, you know... Things That's do late capitalism, right? That we, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. there are very few things. There are that very do few things. Of this. But like, and like, not to say that like queuing for a tour exists outside of capitalism because it doesn't. It doesn't. Obviously, yeah. there is something about like being in line with people around you, and you are all experiencing the same thing, and people will just like get you a thing. Mm-hmm. You are like just like engaging with people, and like someone will pass along a bag of pins. Everybody gets a pin. You take one, you pass it down. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a popsicle. You take one, you pass it down. That kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll just like do things for other people without like concern for like getting what's yours necessarily. Yeah. We hold line, we hold spots in line for each other. Right. We don't, we like our, our friend in Montreal who had to go to school, <laughs> like he came back and that yeah. was fine because he was there in the morning right. and like, we honor each other's needs. Yeah. Like, we set... What it is is politics. Um, <laughs> we talk so often about politics as, like, electoral politics, right? Yeah. But that's politics that are set by a system hundreds and hundreds of years old. Right. But when you make politics in the moment, that's community. And you set the rules for one another yeah. out of, like, care for the individuals immediately around you. Right. That's political. And when you get to actually participate in it and, like directly set those terms for one another it's amazing yeah because it's difficult it's difficult it is but you can choose to set those terms with care right instead of capitalist intent yeah totally we honor each other's efforts right i'm doing this for you in the anticipation that the people behind me will do it for me right um and then most of the time we do (laughs) hopefully we do yeah yeah so i think i just wanted to mention that to like draw a line around like or draw a little box around like what does what does affect mean for mcr specifically right like what 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 is mcr doing what is the mcr community doing with that shared collective effervescence what does that make for us what is that worth yeah um and it can be really really beautiful yeah and i think that exists in online spaces too not just in the queue it does like like setting terms for one another i think when when you see people set tones and expectations for online spaces like 
I have seen a lot of amazing posts about, like, race and racism in the fandom. Right. Um, and, like, how are we expected to engage with certain symbols and certain people's, um, like, the way that people talk about right. Ray or the way that people talk about P. Wentz. Like, right. how does that different differ from the way that you talk about other members of the band? We can talk about these things together and set the right, like, more honorable expectations for that. Right. Um, given one another's experience. Yeah. And in online spaces, you can kind of hash that out a bit more. We have one last piece. We do have one last piece. One last piece. Um... <laughs> I brought this up briefly yeah. in our in our post I think before this about mm-hmm. this. Um so EJ. Yeah. Is fan fiction religious text? Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Yes. And we're done. No, and okay. we're done. That's it. That's all you need um, to know. So say more about that. Fan fiction is a religious okay, text. Great. Thank you for asking. Okay, awesome. Um so Emil Durkheim <laughs> to bring it back to my boy. Um is talking about these um the way religion is a way that society is worshiping itself. Religion is a way that society represents itself mm-hmm. back to itself. Yeah. Um, when someone writes fan fiction, they're representing their understanding yeah. of a band or an experience of a band back to themselves. And when or people of themselves back to themselves, themselves. through mm-hmm. a, through the band, mm-hmm. right? And when people like and comment on that fan fiction, <laughs> it becomes communal in that way. Yeah. Um, but something that we were talking about when we were writing about this is like the existence of a shadow MCR. Like <laughs> there is. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> um, as as like in Scott Pilgrim, where Scott has to fight Nega Scott. Nega Scott. <laughs> that's what Gerard Way has to do for all of the fan fiction iterations of himself. So whenever you write a fan fiction, just know that real Gerard Way has to fight that guy. It's to battle that Gerard Way to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. This, I think this is a director kind of quote, and I do want to read the whole read thing. Read it, read it. Consequently, this is after saying religion is society worshiping itself. Consequently, all religions are true, at least symbolically, for they express a power that does exist. The power of society, religion, religious belief, and the religious experience cannot therefore be dismissed as mere fantasies or illusions. So, so the writing of fan fiction is an expression of a fantasy, yeah. um, which is legitimate, right? Um, which is a legitimate representation of a kind of experience of importance right some people are really not going to like this but some people are going to hate this but it doesn't i'm not of... saying that people <laughs> like i'm not saying they're fucking guys <laughs> like i know they're like <laughs> they're not all pregnant sorry <laughs> that's exactly what i'm saying yeah. i'm not saying that frank Ayura has stigmata i know he doesn't however 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 it makes me think about a thing that gerard way has said where you realize people want to experience things in a certain way Mm-hmm. Or people want to enjoy things in a certain way, mm-hmm. and you don't want to take that away from them or whatever, which you know is whatever difficult, mm-hmm. complicated. Mm-hmm. But I think you know there are versions of my chemical romance that have been deeply informed by the writing of Unholy Verse by Bexless. Thank you. <laughs> Someone had to say it, right? Like, yeah, I think many people experience them through that. Mm-hmm. In a larger way than they experience these people as mm-hmm. actual people in the world. They experience them as, like, fictional characters. As, like, fantasies, which are also true. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to... Ooh, I'm gonna riff here. Like, Do it. It's society representing itself back to itself through figures that become important. Yeah. And I think the difficult thing here that we deal with is that my chemical romance are real people. Right. They're real people living their real lives and living their own experiences, but we see them and they become these religious objects to us. Right. Which Gerard has sure written a lot about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And through our experience of them, we transform them. Like, these are your rock stars to kill, right? Like, in needing them to be something for you, you destroy their individuality, Mm. right? Which is terrible, but also in writing fan fiction, in making the Barbies kiss, like, (laughs) you, this is a group of people who represent something back to themselves that matters to them. Right. Which is, like, queerness. Yeah. And which is, it's queer community. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a staple of the, is it a staple of the MCR fandom? Maybe. You know what? It's part of my MCR experience. Right. And I think that 
queer experience is becomes underscored as foundational through that kind of text. I don't know what else to say about that, but just like that's something that we can, through that kind of, that formation of that symbol, we underscore as important to us. Yeah. That is a very important part. That's something that we've chosen to highlight out of MCR over other things. Yeah. Because that's something that marks this community. Yeah. Call me out on that. Hey. <laughs> we told you at the beginning that you can message us. This is if a you great really thing to disagree about. with us, please do. Mm-hmm. Please disagree with mm-hmm. us, and that's fine. I would love to hear other opinions about fanfiction. Yeah. Because I think it's Here's fine. The thing. <laughs> I, here we have maybe we should just talk about how we feel about fanfiction. Yeah. Maybe we should just like get all of our controversial Let's get it out. out. We think fanfiction is fine. We think it's fine. Even I, RPF. We think real person fiction is okay. Mm-hmm. What we do think is bad is the like contemporary idea where now everyone has to see everything that's been written about them. Yeah. You know? Totally. Everyone has to see mm-hmm. everything. Everyone, like, celebrities have to read things that have been written about them. Absolutely not. That's bad. That's bad. And that's part of why, again, internet, we're good and bad. Because that's the moment that you end up destroying the real thing. That's right. when it starts to matter to real people. Right. That's... that's when it becomes, like, harmful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, fan fiction itself, somebody just writing about whatever, Pete Wentz jacking it, who cares? Who cares? If Pete Wentz doesn't see it, who cares? Yeah. No, it's on Pete Wentz to not go looking for it. Don't go looking for it. And However, it's also on, like, people in, in general to not, like, to, like, send, send it to people. Because, oh like, that's God. not appropriate yeah, but... ever. No. Um, but when things are happening in contained communities, do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. As long as it's, you know, as long as it's not, yeah. like, shitty, racist, homophobic. Y- yes, yeah. Uh-huh. Generally, actually uh-huh. bad. Yes. Set the terms for your community. Like, right. <laughs> set political expectations for one another. That's Call also Call each other out when you need to. And then also, like, people can write mm-hmm. about these things and it's mm-hmm. not, like, the worst thing in the world. But keep it contained. But keep it contained. Yeah. So, yes, fan fiction is religious text. Um, it is a... It's a formation of a, a particular society to the degree that the MCR fandom is a society representing itself back to itself. Yep. Um, just like Durkheim said. Durkheim would love Unholy Verse. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, call us out if you want. Call us out. Yeah, I would love to... Call yeah. us up. Yeah. We'll fight with you. We will read it. If you read it less than 200 words. Yeah. Or 200 words exactly. We will read it. We will read it. And we will fight with you. We'll fight with you. Yeah. yeah. We'll Happy to. Happy yeah. to. Love yeah. to. Right in. Yeah. We find ourselves at the end of another great episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it. Th- I want to say like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this. It's, it's so cool. So cool when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's really so cool. Like it's so fun to talk about these things with you. Yeah. It's also so cool to do this for other people. And yeah. to like and see to how other people, people respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really, really awesome. Yeah. It's been really awesome. Should we have any kind of sign off? Like what sure. I don't know. What are you thinking about right now? What am I thinking? Just something about? in your life that's like I don't know. We used to do like what was your favorite tour moment, but I know. they're silent, um, so they are silent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss them. I have something. Yeah. I finished a book today called Gay Bars, Why We Went Out mm-hmm. by Jeremy Atherton Lynn. Mm-hmm. Great book. Really good. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> and he talks a lot about um, like his experience like intercontinentally going to gay bars in the late 90s, basically. Um, so... But then also talks a little bit about, like, the history of, like, gay bars and cruising and stuff like that, specifically for, like, gay men, like, um, for communities of gay men. And I've just been thinking a lot about how queer people don't have any physical historical markers. Mm. That's just something, uh, like, pretty serious, actually, and sad that I've been thinking a lot about. But, like, how, like, like places, like, like, we have to go digging for all of our shit and how, you know, the gay bar is heralded as, like the place that it is like this like um extremely important place like places that are worthy of like saving etc because they have been places that people have congregated and experienced things in which i think is maybe like kind of ties into this episode yeah right where it's like i don't know reading a lot about about gay bars like and the experience of people going to gay bars um it was illegal to congregate as a group of queer people yeah. for a long time. And then it was no longer illegal to congregate as a group of queer people, but you couldn't do gay shit in that space. Mm-hmm. So plain clothes, clothes cops would go to places and pretend to be gay in order to catch other people in the act of doing gay shit and then would arrest everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, thinking a lot about historical queer experience recently. Yeah. And, and spaces and why like historical spaces like that are so important to preserve or keep going to a lot of people. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He engages with that a lot about like the idea of like 
what queer community is and what it isn't and like what his experience in gay bars is and like what it wasn't and like how it's always a mixed bag but how it's also important i don't know it's all just so complicated mm-hmm. queer history that's what i've been thinking yeah. about recently, which is weird also did you know this is a crazy fact this is just a fun <laughs> fact for everybody um in the 1980s in london there was a law that was passed that cops could not be in public restrooms for longer than 10 minutes Whoa. And this law was passed because this, this was a major way that gay men specifically would cruise in London is they would like kind of signify for each other at like public toilets, basically. Mm. And so cops would just like wait, hang out in public restrooms for like long periods of time. And this was like a big part of like making queerness or like being queer in public or whatever technically legal was like making cops not be in public bathrooms. Mm. Which is kind of crazy. That's cool. Let's bring it back. I literally... That was another thing that I was thinking during this. I was like, we need to be grosser. We as queer people need to be grosser again. I've been thinking a lot about the AIDS crisis recently also. Yeah. So, wow, we're getting really heavy at this. Yeah. But, like, hey, you know, stay tuned for Angels in America That episode. No, true. Did you know that like at a certain point in San Francisco, every gay man knew it was something like 11 other people who had AIDS or had died of AIDS. Crazy, mm-hmm. like crazy, yeah. crazy numbers. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. just something we like don't think about the fact that like literally yeah. thousands, like at a certain point in America's history, AIDS was the number one killer of young men mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. The number one, yeah. the top one. Like anyway. So we'll stay tuned. Yeah. We're going to talk stay about tuned. AIDS a little bit. We're going to have some, yeah. we're going to have an angels episode. Yeah. 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 Um, things that I've been thinking about include i don't know i'm i'm playing more guitar recently i kind of had a i was sick and then i did not play for a while and now i'm playing it again happens. and i was playing some thursday and i was playing some turnstile nice. and it's just blowing my mind how many different ways there are yeah. to play guitar there's so many like, different ways there's so many different ways i my i play so much mcr mm-hmm. right that i'm like there's the frank way and there's the ray way and that's it and that's it those are the two ways of playing guitar <laughs> and that's sometimes how it gets mythologized in the mcr universe because like real. ray's the punk or ray's the metal guy and frank's the punk guy and and the those two are the two ways you play guitar um but the way that you play a turnstile song is super different and the way that you play a thursday song is yeah. super different frank's super thursday inspired but it is still different and um, I don't know. Um, every time that I play a song by a different band, I become a better guitarist. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm playing more music. I'm listening to more music. Black dresses. Hey, oh, love. Black dresses so good. Listen to the Kill All Your Friends cover. It's so good. It's so great. It's black so dresses good. is so great. Yeah. Okay, let's shut the shit down. Okay, let's shut the shit down. <laughs> Here we go. We've peed. We've peed. So, um. Thank you again. Hey, thanks for hey. listening. You're so cool. Oh my Thank God. you. You all um, individually. All of you, each and every one of you. Yeah. Wonderful people. You can, hey, if you want to uh, write in or just yes. uh, find out more about us, uh-huh. um, we you can find us on Tumblr. You can. At Honey This Podcast. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Honey This Podcast. Are you doing a TikTok? I think I'm going to make a TikTok. Ooh. Me, Marin, I'm on TikTok, and I, I, I frequent a, a TikTok, mm-hmm. um, and I think it would be a good way to do this. So stay tuned for a TikTok account mm-hmm. potentially, um, which would definitely be at Honey This Podcast, yeah, um, if it's available, and I, we'll let you know if that goes up. Yeah, um, I am increasingly not on social media, um, but Correct. Tumblr is the place to find me, Correct. Um, and you can find me at Boy Dash Zone on Tumblr, and you can find me at Taste of Chaos two thousand and five. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is that you should leave a review for our podcast. Um, you should. You should go Whenever on to... Whenever folks have left a review, we could feature one even. Oh, we've, yeah. We've, I love when um, people feature reviews. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it right, right now. now? Okay. Yeah, 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 let's do it right now. You know, whenever anyone leaves a review, I, I grin so big, so wide. Mm. Somebody left us a one-star review. <gasps> Without no way. a comment. Yeah. <laughs> Without a comment? Gang, we're at 4.4, and it's a one-star review without a comment, so we need you to do something about this. Get in the Apple Podcast review. No way. I wonder who hates us. us. Whoever, if you hate us, please write in. Wait, if you hate us, us hey, as Libras, if you hate us, you do have to tell us by law, and um, we will talk about it. Mm We're excited to talk about I'm it. So if you hate, hate us, us, let us know. Wow, who left that one-star review? I know, <laughs> Our I first hate know. review. Oh. 
Yeah, if you hate us, please let us know. Um, but here's somebody who doesn't hate us. Um, <laughs> and I just want to read this review um, from, this is Eleven's New Companion. Just listen to the Joan of Arc up, and I already know I'll be re-listening to it often. Thank you both for making the show. I hope it continues for as long as you both enjoy making it. I love hearing your perspectives. Thank Very kind. You. That's so sweet. We really do enjoy making it. Yeah. You can also send us an email. Oh, yeah. Send us an email. At honeythispodcast at gmail.com. Do it. Um, and literally send us your thoughts anywhere, mm-hmm. and we're stoked to interface with them yeah. in whatever way. 200 words, please. Yeah. We don't want to read an essay. Yeah. We love your thoughts. We love your we thoughts. Want, if we want to put something out, um, we want to give everybody an equal opportunity and to do that. Keep it short. Keep it short. Keep it tight. Keep, Keep it right. It Keep it tight. tight. You can do it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you experience an affective Affect. moment this week. <laughs> and you will. Yeah. Go get haunted, guys. Go notice when you're haunted. Go see a ghost. Notice when you're being haunted by something. <laughs> But in a fun way. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>